You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 401 Game Zone. Hello and welcome to another cooperative multiplayer. We are a man short today as Robert couldn't join us because of the time. But at least Daniel's here with me. Hello. So today we're, we're airing pretty much like a couple hours after Sony just ended their press conference from Gamescom. And Microsoft had theirs this morning, so that's going to be the... What the heck just happened with the the uh, majority of our conversation today? It's going to be about what Microsoft and Sony discuss. Uh, there might be a few other things in here too. Uh, EA is having theirs at like I think uh, four a.m. Yeah, like yeah, four a.m. So probably by the time you're listening to this, the EA one has already aired, but. We also didn't want to do a podcast at 4 a.m. So, <laughs> uh, but I guess real quick, uh, played anything this week, Daniel? Uh, played some Eve. Uh, trying to think if there was anything else. Not much, really. Uh, I've been working a lot and. So I haven't had a chance to play as much as I'd like to. Uh, I did get into a beta for Galactic Civilization 3, which I cannot talk about for another couple days, but I'm hoping to have something up on the on 401 about my impressions of the game. So come and check that out if Sweet. I do it. <laughs> it's embargoed until the 14th, so... Well, darn. <laughs> Two days early. <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, I gave any impressions, so I should be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been... Uh, I started on my journey of uh, playing at least Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories before the uh, 2.5 HD Remix comes out. And then I'll play two and then start on the portable games after that. I'm about, I think, halfway through Kingdom Hearts 1 right now. Mm. I'm in the Atlantica area. So, there's that. And, of course, some Hearthstone. And I think, besides that, that's all I've played this week. So... The Microsoft conference was first. Uh, Phil Spencer again was there. Mister, uh, I like how he casually dresses. He doesn't sit there and dress in a suit and act all holier than thou. He acts like you know us a little bit, just normal people. And yeah. he, uh, they unveiled. Uh, there was quite a few things we already knew. 
you know, more stuff from Sunset Overdrive, more stuff from Halo Master Chief Collection, even though they did unveil the Halo channel. One of the big things was the, they announced the Sunset Overdrive beta, uh, not beta, the, the bundle with the white Xbox One, and it's going to be $400, so the game is free with the bundle. You think that's, uh, that shows Microsoft is finally getting with it. It's the first time they've had a bundle that, you know, because they had another, they had the Call of Duty bundle, and that one was, I think, $100 more expensive because yeah. it includes the DLC or all that uh, stuff. A bigger hard drive, too, I think. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah, it has I mean, a terabyte hard drive or something? Yeah, one terabyte. I mean, well. overall, I'm all for it. It'll get sell- Sunset Overdrive is kind of a hard sell, I think. So by doing it that way, you're going to get more people interested, in- more people playing the game than you would normally. Yeah, the uh, the mar- the white uh, Xbox One is what intrigues me. But having the free game that I kind of that's the one I want to play uh, f- from uh, Xbox One. It, and it comes out around the time of my birthday or close to it, within a month of it, so I might think about it. Uh, plus, it helps that you get the game for free, so I can go buy like another controller or another game or something with it. So, I mean, it, it opens up uh, the ability to give you options instead of just, okay, well, you're paying for the game. They just bundle it with the system to make it look like you're not. So, at least they did that. Uh, we got to see a lot of Quantum Break finally. Yes. Uh, I was excited to see that. And they showed us gameplay. It wasn't any of the TV stuff. Uh, and it reminded me a little bit of, uh, it's like a cross between Max Payne and Alan Wake. Which, I'm not going to complain about. I love both those games. Both those franchises. So, uh, the, uh, did you like the time aspect? How it slowed down and all that? Yeah, I mean, everything looked great on it from what they showed. I mean, obviously, it could suffer from the Watchdogs curse where everything looks great and then you get the game and it's not as good. But I like the different options that they had. It seemed like the environments you could interact with it. Uh, you can duck behind a car for cover. You can shoot a car somebody else is stuck behind to blow it up. Or you can actually throw the car. Which was really nice. Yeah. I like to throw in the car. That was nice. Uh, let's see. I'm waiting to see if Randall's actually going to come in here and chat, but I haven't seen him yet. He was going to join us today, but, you know, sometimes the children family. call. Yep, family can uh, change plans a little bit. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, it's not. Uh, they showed a little bit more uh, Evolve and Fable Legends. Uh, they sh- they showed a little bit more of the, what the Kraken can do, where he came from behind in a fight. Anything uh, impress you there or anything? Uh, I did find it interesting that they're going to have an open beta exclusively on the Xbox One for Evolve. 
Yeah, that, that was... Of, uh, that took me by surprise a little bit. And perhaps maybe the biggest uh, announcement of the conference, Rise of the Tomb Raider, exclusive to Xbox One. Yes. I did not see that coming. Randall was not happy with that. <laughs> uh, we might have talked about it a little bit here and there. But... Uh, what did he say? He's just not happy. Well, now... I mean, he, he said he's not going to be able to play it now. Uh, and... I mean, it was our game of the year. Yeah, that's true. Last year, so. That kind of does suck. You can't play a game that you really enjoy because it's stuck on one system. Yep, but that's the, uh, I I think Microsoft's probably paying a lot of money to help develop the game. So, it's going to be like Dead Rising. Yeah. At least he can, uh, you know, read the book and know half the story anyway. <laughs> yep. Um, they showed us more Forza Horizon 2, which was the point where I kind of just uh, faded out a little bit because I could care less about the hardcore racing games, but I know there's people that are out there that enjoy those. Uh, yeah, I basically treated it like a diva match on a pay per view. <laughs> uh, I like some of the indie stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think overall Microsoft had a really good press conference. We got an official release date for Sunset Overdrive, which yep. I didn't really expect to get so soon, or actually being relatively soon. Uh, uh, Halloween of all things. Yeah. But uh we got some advanced warfare footage which every time I see footage for that game it looks better and better. True that. I still don't know if I want to buy it, but it still looks good every time I see it. Right uh, I'm probably getting two games this year. One of them will most likely be Destiny and I've got a tough decision for the second one. What are you choosing between? Uh, Alien Isolation, Advanced Warfare. Uh, crap. I just had a list of them a little while ago. <laughs> Alien Isolation looks pretty awesome, though. Yeah, I know. My only fear with that game is lack of replay. Yeah. That's true, because once at you least, experience something like that, are you going to want to do it again? Yeah, and at least with Advanced Warfare, I could always get online and play. Yeah, true that. But. Oops. Well. <sighs> Excuse my emails on my phone. Oh, I, I couldn't I actually to... hear anything. Yeah, it's, uh, I have, uh, the Doctor Who like theme where there's action happening nice while uh when i get an email <laughs> uh we did find out the uh was it the name of the character for assassin's creed uh, i think i missed that one it was like right at the beginning yeah i missed I- it too i had to go read a blog or something for it uh, his name is arno 
I guess you get to see him going through Paris in the video. So I'm sure people will uh and they we got an announced or a date that I we pretty much knew was gonna be it. Anytime uh you know the WWE game gets a release date, that's about where Assassin's Creed's gonna land. They always come out the same day. <laughs> uh October twenty eighth. And I think Assassin's Creed Rogue is gonna come out the same day. So you'll get the last gen and the current gen games the same day, so that's uh good for people that are Assassin's Creed fans. Uh, they did announce that Xbox One is going to be in 29 new markets, including a lot of Europe in September, since they are in Europe. Makes uh, a lot of sense. They showed stuff for FIFA. There's going to be another FIFA bundle was expected. You weren't uh, on last week, but how do you feel about the EA Access thing? I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it has a chance to really be good. And it also has a chance to completely bomb. Why do you say that? Uh, it all depends on how they support it. If they just put last year's sports games up and nothing else, it's going to be pretty bad. If they, uh, I mean, if they keep it, it doesn't have to be immediately up to date. But if they can keep, uh, like, say Dragon Age comes up eight months from, from release date, it appears on there for people to play. I mean, I think that would be good for them. And it, it might not be the AAA titles. It might only be the indie game, or not the indie games, but the smaller titles like uh, Peggle and Garden Warfare. But the soon, if they get it up there soon... It's going to be really good, and I'm kind of curious to see what type of back cat catalog they're going to have. Like, could you see Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 on EA Access to let you play it on your Xbox? I mean, that would... I don't know about that, because they are, aren't they thinking about making a HD version or something for the PS4? I so. don't know. Well, that was but, the rumor. I don't know that it's actually going to happen or not. But if they did go into the, if they did do it, treat it like a, uh, trying to think, if they treated it like a Netflix for video games, like what everybody wants PlayStation Now to be, they could get a lot of subscribers really quick if they put some of their back stock on there. I think that would be a great way to stick it to Sony. Yeah, you chose to not mail. to. You know, you chose not to go with us, and now we're just going to beat you to the punch on the PlayStation now. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in that too. Looking, because uh, that's going to be the big seller. I mean, is are you going to? How much of your back catalog are you going to put on there? Because. Yeah, it's $5 a month to be able to play basically the new sports games, but not everybody is a big sports game fan and Dragon Age. But you've got to give people a reason to subscribe to the thing every month. Uh, whether it's yeah. you're going to introduce you know a couple of games every 
month of the service, like, you know, PS Plus and the Xbox Gold thing, or you just have a back catalog and you kind of keep updating it every now and then. You've got to have something for them to play other than, okay, FIFA's coming out, you get to play that for three days, big whoop. You know, after the three days, what's the $5 worth? Yeah. I'm worried about will this, if this succeeds, are we going to see every big third party do this? And before you know it, you're going to be paying $25 to play all of Activision's games and EA's games and Ubisoft's and all that. I mean, that is a something to worry about, but then again, if you could pay $5 a month to play all of Activision's games, another $5 for Ubisoft, another $5 for EA, you're looking at $15 a month to play a large selection of games. Yeah. Plus, you know, once again, PlayStation Now kind of gets stunted if all this happens. And that could, that could very well happen. We could see Activision or Ubisoft or whatever take their games off there and go, well, we're just going to start our own service for five or ten bucks and you can play our games there and we'll introduce new things. You know, so... Uh, I'm sure there are probably people hoping it does succeed just because it's another way to get revenue. But yeah. it's basically EA taking their season... Right now, That what I see it as is it's EA taking their season ticket thing, making it cheaper, or, well, making it a more of a monthly thing instead of a $25 a year thing. And you get the same content, except for you get some old games thrown in there, too. So... At the end of the day, it's... It's something you don't have to have, but I still don't see how Sony has to take it as a, oh, it's not great for us, but somehow it's great for Microsoft instead. I'm confused. Uh, some of the indie stuff they did show, like The Escapist and... Uh, Super hot, looked pretty cool. Space Engineers is coming to Xbox, coming to consoles, and it's going to come first to Xbox One. And there's a uh, Smite's also coming. So if you're a big uh, MMO person, there you go. And I think that pretty much covers what happened at the conference there. Uh, let's move it along to... Oh, I love the Ori and the Blind Forest stuff. It's one of their big indie games, and it really intrigues me. I hope they keep showing more, because it's it's one of the games that I want to get if I get a Xbox One. I saw it, and immediately I thought, it's weird, and I like it. So, <laughs> uh, they are going to have a... Uh, Halo 5 Guardians beta that's going to run after Christmas and through the new year and almost until the end of January. So, there you go. If you want to check out the new Halo, you'll be able to do that. 
and the Halo channel is not only going to be on Xbox, it's going to be on Windows, and it's going to be on uh, Twitch, too. So, you don't necessarily have to have an Xbox One to be able to do Halo channels, so that's good for everybody. And I guess now we can move on to the Sony conference, which uh, I like the stuff they showed for the older. Uh, I like the stuff they showed for Bloodborne. One of their big things was uh, Until Dawn, which is like having a horror movie that you can control. Did you like that or? I mean, it was. It looked good. Uh, it just didn't seem. I don't know. I'd have to see some actual gameplay and not what looked like cutscenes. Although I did make Randall, I did offer Randall a bet that the blonde in one of the cutscenes, wearing very little, screaming, was going to die in game. And he chose not to take that bet. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it it looked good, but I want to see actual gameplay before I get extremely excited about anything. I mean, I like the concept. I think it's cool to be able to like basically control your own horror game and and whatnot. I mean, it's uh, it's something we could see a lot more of. I don't know that I want to see uh, reality TV, PlayStation, or whatever. But it's it's uh, interesting, at least. Randall is uh, reminding you that you wanted Sunset Overdrive too. Yeah, I just saw that. That was another one I was debating on, and I'm sure there's more coming out that I that are just escaping my mind right now. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's a safe bet to say this year's Game of the Year is probably going to be coming out in the last half of the year. Yeah, I would agree. It Almost everything's coming out for the holiday now, or at least from September on. Because, I mean, there's still a chance, I guess, Destiny... Could be that game of the year for a lot of people. Since it's coming out on last gen too, there's a bigger chance of, at least for us anyway, in the in the four one community, being able to play it. Randall well, says he's worried about the fact that Tomb Raider is not going to get a PC version. I figured that they learned from Titanfall that if you make a PC version, people are going to buy that. So you may not get you're going to get all these people that still aren't going to buy an Xbox One and they'll just get it for the PC. You yeah. think? Uh, I think you'll probably see a PC version, but it'll come out about a year after the fact. Just like... Uh, well, just like uh, last year's. It wasn't quite a year after the fact, but it didn't come out at the same time. Yeah, wasn't it? At least like six months afterwards or something like that. Yeah. Well, they uh, they did announce that there's 10 million PS4s out there in the wild, apparently. 
and that the PlayStation Vita is finally coming in October to the U.S. and November in Europe for a whopping $99 as expected. It's supposed to play most Vita games as long as you don't have to use the touchpad or the or the joystick or something, right? And PS1 Classics, PSP Classics, and do PlayStation Now. I wonder if they're going to count that as Vita sales, since they're kind of the same thing, or if it's just going to be something separate. But do you think a lot? Of, you see a lot of people latching onto that, or I'm honestly not sure. I can see people um, that have a console in one room, and for some reason gets get kicked off the original one, or get kick off that TV where the console's hooked up to another room, and hooking it up and playing it in there. But I don't know if it's going to be the next big thing or anything like that. I think there will be people that use it. I don't know if it's going to be a lot of people. I don't know how many of the 10 million people that own a PS4 are going to want to have PlayStation, the, that PlayStation TV, I think is what it was. Yeah. I don't know how many of them, how many of that 10 million are going to want to have that. I mean, apparently it hadn't sold a lot in Japan, so they're hoping that the U.S., because there are more households with TVs and that, what you just described, tends to happen a lot more, that it's possible that in Europe and the U.S. it'll sell more. It seemed like there was a bigger reaction for it in the U.S. when it first was announced than it was in Japan anyway. Uh, well, Sony's actually hurting in PS4 sales in Japan. Yeah, that's because they haven't released a game that people want for the PS4 yet. Plus, you know, they're all portable gamers over there, mostly. What did you think about the share play? That was the you know thing they touted when the PS4 was supposed to come out. It's taken them this long to do it. They're finally doing it. it kind of taken a little page out of the family play thing from Xbox One. As well with the whole you can share your games and you don't have to own them with other PS Plus members and whatnot. And they can basically, uh, you can pass the controller off to them sort of virtually and they can play the game with you even if they don't own it. Do you think that's uh, that could be something that could sell the system for people? That uh, I can play with my friends even if they don't own the the game at all? I think there is going to be a couple of big catches on that. I don't think it's going to be that. There's going to be some type of catch on that. I don't know what, but there will be something. Probably that. I, wouldn't, I mean, it's everybody has to be tied to PS Plus, which, you know. There's another thing that they're tying to PS Plus once people are always complaining that Sony shouldn't do that or whatever. I mean, it's going to happen more and more. Sony's realizing that the more things you can tag on to the PS Plus, the more you'll get people to buy it. So, why not? Yeah. Uh, Randall just made a comment that he found a quote from Matrix back in the 360 days, saying history has shown us that the first company to reach 10 million in console sales wins the generation battle. 
Oh, well. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> it is. I mean, I, it's going to be rough for Microsoft to make up ground. It's not like PS4 are just going to stop selling. So, it, in the end, I mean, I know Microsoft wants to win and all that kind of stuff, but if they can just keep pace at this point, I think that's what matters, and that's what they're doing with all these bundle releases and then being able to lower the price, take the connect out, and all that stuff. I mean, they're, uh, the, the thing is it creates competition for both of them. I mean, now I wonder if Microsoft's finally going to go put that family chair back in now because Sony's done theirs. I mean, think about it. If if one of them wasn't around, the system might have just stayed at $500, and then you have to deal with that. Yeah. Anything else from Sony's conference that, took, that stood out to you? Not really, uh... Sony's conference was kind of underwhelming compared to Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft dropped a big bomb with the new Tomb Raider game being an exclusive, and Sony didn't have a counter this time. Yeah, other than the Destiny exclusive, you know, first exclusive kind of stuff. Yeah, and they, but see, they've been saying that for, I mean, since they released, or since Destiny was announced. Yeah, but they did say that apparently they weren't going to have expansions. I remember we talked about this on the podcast, and then all of a sudden, here we are releasing, you know, not just one, but two expansions, and one of them's coming out in December. It's only supposed to be multiplayer stuff, though. Story modes for multi competitive and cooperative multiplayer. Is it weird that there was no single player story for that? If you're gonna add an expansion, uh, I, I'm not sure. I there is at least there is a story in the game, unlike Titanfall. Uh, if they are just going to support the multiplayer there's going to come a time where they have to put in matchmaking because I'm not going to have five friends that are going to be playing Destiny on the Xbox One for a long time, if ever. I'm going to either have to talk to random people in the game, which has its own problem, or join a clan, guild, whatever, of strangers to try to do some of the in-game content. Yeah, why wouldn't you have matchmaking? That makes no sense. That's just what they said. They were they weren't going to have it. It's like what WoW had when they first released. They never had any matchmaking, and I think there was a problem with. It. There was definitely a problem there. I guess they want things to be able to add later or something to get people to. By expansions, they have to know that's going to be a problem. You're going to want... I mean, unless you coordinate with your friends offline, 
or before you go into the game, okay, we're all going to play Destiny right now, it's going to be difficult to be able to link up with them in any other form. You know, how are you supposed to know whether they're playing right then or not? Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. So, Heavenly Sword and the Devil May Cry developer, they're going to make a Hellblade. Uh, the uh, I like the what looked like uh, kind of like a Wind Waker type looking game. Rhyme. Uh, the Sony indie stuff looked pretty nice. The Tomorrow Children looked interesting. Uh, I, that that's one thing I think that stood out a lot with both of them, uh, with Microsoft and Sony's. The the indie stuff was made to look very important, uh, very good. Uh, a lot of the games were intriguing. The vanishing of Ethan Carter even, which made me think that maybe uh, EC3 would show up on stage, and that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it it, it kind of looked like a, sort of like Murdered Soul Suspect a little bit, but it, it's still kind of a, sort of creepy in a way. Yeah. Uh, other than that, they kind of just showed like a big old uh, bunch, a big old trailer together with a bunch of games that it's coming to PlayStation or whatever. It was mostly the Destiny stuff. Oh, and Far Cry. They showed some yeah. Far Cry stuff, and the that you have ten keys that you can give out to your friends, and they can play co- the uh, multiplayer co-op for two hours with you. Is that you think that's going to sell the game for some people, or you know, having two hours of Far Cry that's going to get you some more buys? I think that's going. I'm not sure. Part of me says no, because if somebody isn't sure before that they want to buy it, I don't think that would make them... I don't think playing it for two hours would make them want to. But then again, you never know what would make somebody want to buy a game. I mean, so. you weren't too sold on Destiny, then you played the beta, and now you want to play it. Now you want to right. buy it. But, I mean, keep in mind, that was no reviews, very little gameplay, only scattered conversations from people that had played it in the beta before then. Uh, I mean, most people make up their minds if they're going to play a game. The latest is after a review comes out, and it ends up being a positive review, then they're more likely to play it. I don't know how seeing a positive review and then playing it for two hours after that is going to, if that will really convince somebody who didn't want to get the game to get the game. Especially if it's just the multiplayer and they don't get any taste of the storyline. Yeah. I would agree with that in that yeah, if you're just getting a little bit of the multiplayer aspect and then you don't really get to go on a little bit of the journey with your friend or anything or you don't get to know anything about the game in general, it's probably not going to entice you too much to play it. 
I mean, unless you just really like the gameplay, which that doesn't, you know, that looks pretty good anyway. <sighs> I'm sure it will sell for some folks, because a lot of people just, they want to play a little bit, and, you know, there's still plenty out there that will go to a Best Buy, play a little bit, and go, okay, I want this game. And, and we're getting smarter as it, as uh, more gameplay becomes available with the Let's Plays and all that kind of stuff that you can kind of research on your own and see most of the game before you even buy it if you want. Before you go, okay, I'm buying that. The other big thing was the uh, Metal Gear Solid demo, which was basically how to get in and out of a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. And how <laughs> soldiers can be fooled by putting a picture of a swimsuit model on a cardboard box. Even when they're too inches away from said cardboard box, they will still think that it's a real person. <laughs> I know I sound like I'm joking, but no, that is what the gameplay footage showed. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> I was sitting thinking, like, really? Are they that desperate that they need to see a woman on a cardboard box? <laughs> okay. Are they that desperate that they wouldn't recognize... That's not a real woman when they get that close to it. <laughs> what do you think about the the interactive PT trailer with the women screaming as they play this horror game, I'm assuming. I can find a bad you can find any bad horror movie and find video of people screaming at it, even though it was a crappy movie. Until I see... I mean, when I first saw the the little bit of game footage, I don't know if it was gameplay or cutscene, I thought they were going to say it was a new Silent Hill. Right. I mean, it. it's kind of the same thing as the other horror survival game that they have. It looks good, but I haven't seen enough to really say, yeah, this is going to be a top seller. Yeah, I liked Outlast or what what I've seen of it, but I mean, I can totally tell that it's scary, but I don't know that I want to just sit there and play the game either. It's probably fun to sit there and watch people freak out on Twitch or something. Uh, they also showed Shadow of Mordor, which continues to look good. Uh, I keep being intrigued more and more as to whether I want to get that or not. And the other big thing was that they made Tearaway for the PS4. Uh, with the new controls where the light bar will make the... It will act like a flashlight and wake up things. And the touchpad works and all that stuff. I thought that was pretty neat. It's a nice way to have innovation in the game. I'd like to see more stuff be done with that. Uh, make the use of the light bar. Make the touchpad worth something. Uh, leave it to Media Molecule to do that. But, I mean, what I've seen of Tearaway, I've seen people play it uh, on the Vita. I really liked it. So, I think people that maybe were turned off a little bit by the fact that it was a Vita game, you see this and you... It's either going to connect with you or it's not, just from the the way it looks. Yeah, Randall did say that he would like to see the light bar being used in survival horror games for like a flashlight. Oh, yeah. And he's right with that. 
the one thing that struck me when I was watching that demo is how awkward it would be if you have to hit the touchpad in the middle of doing something. Yeah, if you're trying to move around and then what are you going to use for the touchpad? Can your you have to use one of your fingers or something? I, I'm assuming they don't. You would be standing still, being able to use the touchpad. But I would assume that. But then again, you never know. What do you think of the? Uh, it's supposed to be a sort of a successor to Beyond Good and Evil, called Wild. It was what ended the PS or the Sony conference. Anything to take away from that? I can kind of see the vibe there, but I was missing Jade and and her companions. I mean, <laughs> the big thing that I took away from that is how bad is PETA going to complain when you kill an animal? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was joking with Randall because apparently there was already an outcry that you can put a woman in a swimsuit on the box in Metal Gear. And I told him I thought of all the videos that I saw, PETA would complain first about possibly killing an animal. <laughs> I'm laughing because he's he's true. He's speaking the truth there. I'm sure someone will alert Peter very quickly about the fact that that's in there. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. Again, I mean, we don't... This was kind of the opposite. We supposedly are seeing gameplay, but we don't have any idea of what the story or the purpose in the game is from what you're seeing. Yeah, you just see... A guy with arrows shooting things, a bunch of animals, and there's some chick. And you're told that you can be any animal, you can play as any animal in the game. Really? Okay. That's what they said at the very beginning. (laughs) So, if you die, then... (laughs) I'm just... Yeah. So whenever your animal dies, somebody's going to complain about that. Okay. Does that really shock you thinking that? No, it just... It's funny. It it makes me laugh that they're already setting themselves up to uh, draw a lot of attention on that front. Considering all the attention they drew from the Far Cry villain and whether he was white and all that stuff. I guess it is Ubisoft. They don't care if they get upset or not. Well, don't forget about the welling in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh yeah, that's true. (sighs) Well, I think that covers both the conferences. Mm -hmm. I thought Microsoft kind of had bigger heavy hitters. But Sony did show off a lot of, uh, you know, weird things and uh, unique indie games and whatnot. Uh, they they also had to do a little bit of business with the PlayStation TV and the PlayStation Now and the all that stuff. 
I thought in that little trailer that I guess the people that were sitting there playing with the controllers is that supposed to be the the Morpheus or something? <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't like their well. Obviously, you can't watch somebody play a virtual reality game on screen, so you're going to play it. <laughs> I mean, if it's that hard to, why can't you watch somebody play it on screen? Why can't you just see what they're seeing? Yeah, just stick a camera behind the person. When they said that, that made me think something doesn't look too good and they're trying to cover it up. Yeah, because, I mean, this is how they used to do it. They used to st- go in the booth, stick a camera behind the person as they played. I mean, I don't... Yeah. I mean, I get that they don't... It's hard to do on stage. Maybe. But you could have uh, set up something that you already recorded. Well, I mean, think uh, about all the times you've seen videos of where people have been playing the Oculus Rift. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. I mean... There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to see. I mean, it's just as simple as a video cord. Right. But that's what they said, and that's why they said you weren't going to get to see it. You had to just go and experience Morpheus for yourself. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, that... Sony had some good points in their press conference... I think Microsoft looks to have come out swinging a little bit more. My big question is, and this is just out of all the press conferences that I've seen recently where there have been joint press conferences, why is Microsoft feeling the need to be the first people out there instead of going second? I mean, we talked about E3 where... Sony went second, and they were able to counter some of the stuff Microsoft had said eight hours before that. I think Microsoft likes to be first, and they want to get their stuff out there, and they don't want... I think they they like the idea of everybody buzzing about Microsoft early, and then having kind of put Sony on the back foot a little bit, and say, okay, now what you got? I mean, I mean, it's just, just because Sony, I don't see... Sony might have done what they did last year, but I don't think that they countered as well this year as last year. Yeah, well, I don't think they really countered anything this year. I mean, we didn't get any big announcements out of Sony other than PlayStation TV. I do yeah. think Sony also tailored their press conference more towards Europe, whereas mm-hmm. Microsoft exactly. went worldwide. That's what it felt like, because they, they, that's when they started with the whole, oh, we're going to show you a couple things that are weird, because we know you like it. Yeah. You know? and Which also, I guess is fine for that audience. Yeah, and also, one other thing with Microsoft going worldwide, when they would put up the prices of the bundles... It was in three different currencies, but Sony, the one time that they put a price up for PlayStation TV, they only announced the price in euros. Right. So, I mean, again, it's supposed to be a European press call. It's supposed to be for European gaming, but 
everybody's making these big announcements, I think Microsoft, and granted this is nitpicking, but I think they, I liked it a lot better being able to see what the U.S. currency cost was going to be as opposed to just seeing euros and having to wonder what it's going to be selling for in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. I mean, normally it's around the same price. Right. It's just you aren't sure until you actually see it in dollars. Right. So, I mean, we haven't seen anything from EA yet, but I guess what's your overall impression of what you got out of Sony and Microsoft this morning? Uh, I think, I mean, there wasn't anything that I hated seeing. I mean, yeah, the car racing games kind of had me tuning out, but that's just because I'm not a big car racing fan. But, uh, hashtag drive club still exists and is coming out in October. (laughs) Yeah, that's good considering they lost their creative director and all that. And, oh yeah, well, Microsoft announced that Scream Ride game, which I was still confused by, but looked interesting. Yeah, that game, I couldn't tell if you were supposed to be killing the people on the rides or if you were not supposed to be doing it. It's a destructible, customizable thrill ride, apparently. That that still doesn't tell us if you're supposed to kill people or not. I'm assuming, well, you're destroying things, so I'm guessing it's okay to kill them. I don't know. I mean, you would think initially you're not supposed to kill them. But then you just see stuff crashing into buildings and everything, and you think, okay, maybe we're supposed to. I don't know. but And again, that was just, uh, I don't think any of that was gameplay. I think it was all animation, and we have to see more before I can, yeah, before I decide if it's something I want to see or I don't, but... Well, I forgot to mention this when we talked about EA Access, but a lot of people are up in arms about the EA not releasing a Madden demo and that they put it behind EA Access. This is the kind of stuff you need to have in EA Access, right, to get people to buy it, even though it's for only one system. And really, how many people actually go out and buy, or, or not buy, but how many people go out and get a Madden demo. I mean... Apparently a lot of people. Well, I mean, if you don't have EA Access, you're cut off if you're a Sony, or even you can't play the last-gen version either. Well, you can buy it and play it. You just don't get it included in the price of EA Access. Yeah. I mean... If people don't know what they're getting from Madden now, they've either never played Madden or yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than they don't know what Madden is and they have to play a demo to decide if they're going to get it. They've probably never played Madden before. That's true. If you. Uh... If you need to know, if you need a demo mad and know what it's about, then... I mean, I guess they... They want to know what the improvements are if and if it's worth buying the game this year if they had it last year. But you can also watch gameplay of it, too. and 
Yeah, I mean, what I know that they're saying there's a lot of improvements this year over last year. We get told that every single year. I can guarantee you EA will never say, we're charging you $60 just because we updated the rosters and we tweaked one little thing here that you're probably never going to notice in the game. (laughs) That's what it feels like sometimes. That's what it feels like with Madden. That's what it feels like with the WWE games a lot of times. Uh, Most sports games feel like that from year to year. I mean, yeah, it's true. The biggest jump you get between one version of a sports game and the next is when it goes on to a new console, and you already had Madden last year. Yeah. Well, last year wasn't quite the abomination of 360 or Xbox to 360, but some people were saying it's pretty close. Uh, I mean, oh, they did announce the two storylines for the 2K Showcase and WWE 2K games. Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels 2002 and 2004 storyline. And CM Punk versus John Cena 2001 to 2013. Apparently this was made before CM Punk left. So they couldn't really take take him out of the game without having to take the mode out. So, I guess WWE gets to make money off of CM Punk and CM Punk gets some money. Well, I very much doubt they could not take it out if they really wanted to. Yeah, they might have just had the Shawn Michaels, Triple H uh, mode and that's it, but They're never going to pretend CM Punk does not exist. They're never going to completely cut him out. Right. And, But just because he's in the game does not mean he's coming back next week. <laughs> it's true. Even though there are people that uh, believe it. But, yeah. you know. I mean, the game doesn't come out till the end of October. So, what, Survivor Series come back for CM Punk? What? <laughs> No, he'll be uh, one of the Lumberjacks at the, in the Ambrose SummerSlams match. Yeah, right? He'll just show up. He'll fly out to L.A. <laughs> uh, the bigger announcement was that more of these storylines are going to come via DLC, which is the first time that he's ever going to release, has ever released story DLC. Now, this is the stuff that 2K said they wanted to start doing once they took over the franchise, and I'm all for it, because when you pay that $20, and all I know that's coming is a few more characters, that doesn't stop me from taking it back to GameStop when I get bored of it. But knowing that I'm going to have a few more storylines to play, that makes me actually sit there and wait, because I want to at least play through those. You know, so... I think it's a... it's a good deal for 2K to finally make the... I mean, maybe that means that the whole season pass will be more expensive. But it'll be worth it in a way because it won't just be getting characters. It'll be getting storylines and stuff like that. And that's important. You weren't here last week when we talked about the 
them taking the career mode out of last gen and making it current gen exclusive. Do you have an opinion on that or? Uh, not really at this point. I just I'm kind of out of the wrestling games or the WWE games until they redo the engine. Yeah, which hopefully they make steps to do something with that because that engine is really old at this point. Even though the graphics do look good. Yeah, but I want to see gameplay and see how the gameplay looks because I'm not really sure if what we're seeing is gameplay graphics or walking down the ramp, circling each other in the ring before the bell rings graphics. Right. I mean, you can increase the animation and make it look really good, but the gameplay would still look like you're... I think, as Randall said, once a hair helmet. <laughs> oh, those hair helmets. I really hope we don't see any more of those. Uh, we got a lot of uh, games going to mobile. You got Skylanders Trout Team going to mobile. Uh, Madden's going to mobile. And Bioshock showed up on iOS, and they apparently couldn't make a Vita version, but they could make the iOS version. Apparently, Randall was not too happy about that. <laughs> uh, he even asked us that question on, on Co-op Multi this week. Um, and he... Why would you make a mobile phone, phone version but not make the Vita version? <laughs> to try money. to get more sales I mean a lot more people have a mobile phone than they have a Vita and I'm not sure exactly how it would work but technically can't you play it on the Vita if you have your PS4 yeah I guess you could so I mean not really that's from you can download it on to your you can get a downloadable version on your PS3 but you can't play it on the not on the PS4 yet as far as I know I just I mean I think it has something to do with a lot more mobile phones than a Vita I'm sure yeah it's probably money related I'm sure Anything else you want to discuss that happened this week? Uh, one thing I'll throw out since Cooper isn't on here. Uh, Sega is actually settling in the Colonial Marines lawsuit. <laughs> they shouldn't have to, but I guess I don't blame them. For the amount that they're settling is pretty uh, low. It's a $1.25 million settlement. Yeah, I mean, for Sega, it's probably Makes something since they don't make a lot of, a ton of money, you know. For Activision, that would be nothing, but I don't blame them, I guess. They uh, they need to get that out of the way. P- you know, Sony already did that with the PSN hacks, and now they're having to do it with uh, 
the people suing them for Killzone not being 1080p in multiplayer. And you said you kind of agree with them. Well, I agree with that lawsuit more than I agree with the Colonial Marines lawsuit, just because the advertisement said Killzone is in full 1080p, and it turns out that it really wasn't. Whether it's extremely noticeable or not, that is still false advertising. That would be like Sony saying, oh yeah, all you have to do to share a game is hand it over to your friend, but then you end up having to enter in some type of code that costs you money to play it. Right. False advertising is false advertising. I'm not saying I think the guy's going to get millions and millions of dollars. I think, especially with Colonial Marines being settled, you're going to see some type of quiet settlement with no amounts disclosed, and it's just going to go away at this point. Well, I mean, like I said, it's I I said it in uh, the four-player co-op. I think it's a ridiculous suit. All of them are. We should just start suing movies because the trailer didn't live up to what the movie was or something. I mean, I mean it would be like saying on a movie poster that a certain well-known actor is in the movie, and then they ended up not being in the movie. That is still false advertising, and all Sony would have had to have done in the Killzone lawsuit is say gameplay may graphics gameplay may change online, or graphics may change online, and they'd have been covered. It's the same thing that everybody gets mad at WWE for. Card is subject to change; they right. put it on there so they don't get hit with false advertising. And they still refund people if something like yeah. that happens a lot of times. So, I mean, out of all of the lawsuits that have happened, the Killzone lawsuit is the most, is one that I feel the most, has the best best chance of being a true loss. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say true lawsuit, but something that actually has some basis of fact behind it. Right. But that doesn't mean I think it's airtight oh, this is going to drop... I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going to end Sony or anything like that. I'm just saying it has, yeah. out of all the lawsuits that have come up in the last two or three years, this has the most legal standing, I think. And I'm still waiting for somebody to sue over buying games slash licensing content because every advertisement you see for a game says buy it now buy it on this date but then you get it home and you find out you're just licensed to use the content yeah exactly. I'm waiting for somebody to sue game companies for that <laughs> they put that in their terms of use now it'd be kind of difficult to do it but again if they put out advertisement that says buy the game and you don't see that you're licensing the use of the game until after you've already bought it, that could be considered false advertising too. I mean, it's just one of those things where the law hasn't really caught up with technology. And I'm not saying it's something vital that it, this needs to be addressed, but I'm just saying 
there is a disconnect there between what the advertisements say and what it actually says when you read terms of use. What do you think about the... We knew this was going to happen with Google buying Twitch, but the whole muting audio and all this stuff and then changing the how much uh, storage is available and how many t weeks things are stored for. Does that make you not want to put things on Twitch or should the only you time, know this is happening? The only time I ever use Twitch is to watch like live events. I never watch Let's Play videos or anything like that. Uh, I did see in the thing that I read said that anything under two hours they're not removing. But it's just if something went over two hours they're taking it off. So I can kind of understand that just from a storage standpoint. Removing the third-party music. I mean, they don't. Google doesn't want to get sued, and I don't really blame them. True that. <laughs> I mean, it's like we don't have a lot of copyrights that are still being protected at this point in the digital age. So I mean, they gotta do something. Music is one of them that. They will sue anybody. Music studios will sue anybody to try to make money off unauthorized use. Right. So I can understand being a little bit leery on having third-party music on Twitch, especially if I don't know how many of these people from Twitch got paid like YouTube people do. But if they're removing this music as a prelude to some of these people starting to get ad revenue and everything like they do on YouTube, then it only then it makes sense because if you're making money off of it, you can't there's no fair use. Yeah. True that. Alright, well unless you have anything else, I need to get to work soon. So. Okay. Uh, Factor Fiction will be live on Thursday. It'll be Randall and Jeremy talking. Unfortunately, there won't be any Gamescom questions specifically, just uh, what they like coming out of Gamescom and see what they have to say. Uh, you like my one plug out of the way. <laughs> Go. Uh, what is coop in now uh go check out coot's podcast he has uh, the metal hammer of doom podcast and the sentai rider podcast where he reviews japanese children's shows and various other anime and whatnot uh and he also is on the sports podcast sometimes i forgot the name of it now uh games top five this week is the top five Gamescom 2014 announcements or things you liked from Gamescom. So that will be up there on Saturday morning. And we'll have a uh, SummerSlam preview roundtable up Saturday morning as well. So if you're getting excited for SummerSlam, whether you're paying $9.99 or not, you can, uh, <laughs> you can certainly read that and get excited and they just announced that apparently that $20 uh, 
thing to buy it month to month has been lowered to twelve ninety nine. <laughs> so there is that, no excuse anymore to not have the network at this point. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me because I think they realized doubling the price, they would see the numbers nosedive pretty quick of subscribers. Oh, yeah. And it's not just... It, it wouldn't bring any casual people in because now casual people don't have to be worried about, okay, I pay, spend 13 something buy my one pay-per-view that I wanted to see, like SummerSlam. Or I don't know if they're going to wait till after SummerSlam to start it, whatever. Uh, and then if I don't want to... I don't care about watching Night of Champions or whatever the October one is. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the pay-per-views since they've had the network, the last one especially has just become kind of throwaway. Yeah. It felt, it honestly felt like an episode of Raw. True that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and most of it was not pretty to see either. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you're listening today, rest into the max, episode 103 is tonight. We're previewing SummerSlam and reviewing the Paul Heyman DVD, which was really good, by the way. If you can find it in your area, apparently it's been selling really well. Uh, I would recommend going to pick it up. Uh, Talking about the Go Home Raw and various other things. And this podcast will be back next Tuesday, probably a little bit earlier, around the noon, 1 p.m. time. Uh, So until then, you can... Check us out on Spreaker. Check us out on Phone One. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Look at that Cooperative Multiplayer Live link. The other one has been discontinued, so make sure you're look- listening to the Cooperative Multiplayer Live. That's the one that get up- gets updated every week. And follow us on Twitter at CoopMulti411. So, until then, oh, we have a Facebook group that... Hopefully, if more of you join, you can start posting in it and posting news and whatnot. So, if you post in it, as long as it's on topic, we will talk about it, most likely. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you might get Randall and a few other guys in there to discuss it, too. So, yeah. the more and, people uh, post in there, the more discussion will be there. And if it's off-topic, but it's something that we generally talk about that's off-topic, it might get discussed, too. Yep. Doctor Who. Who. (laughs) (laughs) Not the virtual boy, though. But Doctor Who. (laughs) Which, hopefully, I'm I'm trying to see if it's going to air in a theater around me. I want to go see it in the theater that first episode. I thought about it, but then I decided I would just be more comfortable sitting on my couch watching it and not worrying about overpriced theater tickets. I just kind of, I saw the day of the doc, the that special in the theater, and I kind of wanted to. Now that to, one was worth it. That one I will say would have been worth going to a theater to see. This one, it's not even an hour and a half episode, is it? It's only forty-five minutes. Yeah, I think so. Unless they have some extra stuff in there. Yeah, so I'm, that. I'm not sure if I want to pay for 45 minutes. And of... if you're a big, uh, I'm sure Jeremy's already on this, but uh, Hulu has added uh, Lost Doctor Who episodes. So if you have Hulu Plus or whatever, and you're a big Doctor Who fan, 
you can go watch those. Or if you're Randall, who has still not watched any Doctor Who, despite losing the bet. <laughs> yes, I said it. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> you can go watch all of Doctor Who there, too. Or Netflix. That's there. But, yep. uh, yes. Until next week, guys. Play some games, have some fun. See you guys later. Later. <laughs>